You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We're now on Season 2, Episode 21, with the, the one with the bullies. I'm Ryan, a yippity piece of crap. <laughs> and I'm Mark. Those are not real. <laughs> well, Mark, what have you been up to lately? Before we jump into the amble of the episode. Mm, well, yeah, I, there was a few things on my mind that have, that have just slipped now that you've asked about them. <laughs> You're ready to go a second ago. <laughs> yeah, I was. No. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've forgotten everything Friends related at the moment. What have you been up to not Friends related? Uh, work. Work. Yeah, yeah, very, very boring. Uh, th- this is a busy time of year for me uh, normally. Um, as we start coming into the, the summer months, I tend to do like a lot of Comic Cons and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, but it means lots of making products and shipping products. So you know, normally we, we say uh, our, where you can find us on our socials. But yeah, so I normally have a, another business that I run called Fuzzballs, which is a cute cat and animal brand that's actually quite funny. I like to think it's funny. Fair. Uh, and I make t-shirts and mugs and stuff. And so, yeah, we go to Comic-Con, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very busy. And it's why I haven't seen you for a little while. No, it's been, just, been a while. Just because of that, really. That's fair. I mean, you know, you've got a hustle. Got <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big Fuzzballs fan. Ollie is my favourite. He likes tea. He's a bunny. He we, should, a bunny. we should explain that. Yeah, it's, it's really different. This is the problem I have with, with my business is that I know it so well that as soon as I say it, I'm like, yes, everyone else knows it as deeply as I do. And then I poorly explained it and... No, they don't know anything about it, and they still don't know. Take a look. Yeah, they can go. They can go to fuzzballs.co, and you can look at all the cute stuff there. Uh, there's certainly a lot of friends-inspired stuff in there. So I have done a T-shirt where it's like the the fuzzballs don't share food because they love junk food. They do love junk food, just like Joey does, right? To be fair, that was it. London Comic Con. Mm. I have driven that T-shirt was going like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loved that. Yeah, it was like friends reference. Well, I don't even. I don't even think it's just a friends reference to a lot of people. Like they're just like no, like I don't share food. It's all mine. I mean, it depends what food. Well, the Joey's special, of course, but you don't like that, so we won't talk about we that. We won't talk about liking pizza. We'll lose all our listeners <laughs> yeah. straight away. <laughs> but yeah, there's certainly like a, I guess, a lot of um, relatability between my characters loving food and you know Joey and the friends loving food and stuff. So, like, I, I've done like a little cookbook, and I want to do a, a bigger one next. I'm definitely going to do a Joey special in there. Nice two pizzas. I was going to say, who wouldn't want that? But I mean, as long as there's no cheese or tomato on it, sign me up. Not a pizza, then, is it? <laughs> uh, but no, there's, there's not really been too much happening in the Friends world. I did see a, a funny meme. So Elon Musk, at the time of recording, has bought Twitter. And people have been putting up a, another picture, which is clearly edited, of Elon Musk going, I'm going to buy Netflix next and put Friends on it. I mean, the way Netflix are going, it might be quite cheap to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Netflix seemed to be cancelling everything because they had a, a drop in subscriber numbers. Uh, it's it's quite interesting, though, because you do read online about everyone saying, you know, where's Friends? I can't watch this. Like, in the UK, Netflix has Friends. Yep, it does. And so, to me, I'm like, ah, we've got Friends. I mean, what I find funny about... The internet's got to the point now where people use streaming services because it's convenient not because it's the only option to watch a program. Well, there's the also like the meme of, you know, a, a torrent icon, people downloading things. Then Netflix comes about and pushing the torrent icon away because, yeah, got Netflix, don't need to like pirate stuff anymore. 
And now it's the new picture of like all the services and there's like 20 of them now. And, you know, behind them is like the, the torrent picture coming in. It's like, yeah, like it, it's getting a bit much. And like the companies don't understand the reason people pirate is because it's difficult to get the content yep. or expensive. And yeah, when it's like, oh, you need to own 10 different services to be able to enjoy the content, pirating becomes easier again. Yeah, and then companies, especially in Netflix's case, are trying to, I guess they're trying to chase the exponential growth that they saw in the past decade. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, now we're going to stop you sharing passwords because, ah, if everyone's got five accounts and we take, that's five different subscriptions we can get. And it's like, no. Oh, we're going to put adverts in it because they're tiering their subscriptions again. So if you don't pay like top whack for like the 4K Ultra HD Netflix, you'll now have adverts. And it's like the second people see adverts, in their Netflix subscription, they will cancel their subscription. Yeah, I'm just going to go and pirate again. Is what most people do yeah. because it's it's easier. Like I can I can pay you money and watch adverts, or I can just click a button and get it for free from somewhere else. Yeah, bear in mind how far along the text came as well. Like when we were teenagers on LimeWire trying to download it, like a song <laughs> yeah. or a TV show, and it would be like, oh well, there's only X amount of people feeding it at this minute, so it's going to take 17 hours. And you'd yeah. be like, fine, I'll watch it tomorrow. And you just go to bed and leave it downloading. Like you wouldn't need that now. It'd be done in moments. Yeah, exactly. And we have this issue uh, at the moment with our Patreon episodes. So on our Patreon, you can sign up on the £5 tier and you can get uh, us doing a, a talks of Joey. Basically, same as what we're doing now with our friends episodes, but covering Joey episodes. And it's really difficult to find episodes of Joey. And we've discussed this before. Like you, you've been using iTunes to download them, but only series one, right? I don't think they have series two. I haven't looked, but I didn't want to spend like 15 quid on the entire season straight away. So I kept looking for places to watch it online. And you know, it's not on any of the streaming services. Nope. I found it on one streaming service, which is like channel seven, Australia has their own streaming service and you have to use a VPN to be able to access that. And there's adverts, fine, not a problem. But other than buying the DVDs, so the, the first DVD is easy to get hold of on eBay, fine. That's what I did. Second season, extremely expensive to find on eBay. It's really difficult to get hold of. Like and that's that's trying to watch it like the you know legit way and pay for it. It's it's not easy to do. Um so yeah, I can I can certainly see there's going to be some issues going forward. And yeah, just reading on the the Facebook groups, you know, especially Americans who are like, why can't we watch Friends? Like, where can we watch it? Oh, you can't. No, I mean the cheapest I've been able to find Joey series two for is seventy seven pounds on eBay. Yeah, it's like I'm I wouldn't pay that for any series of television. I mean, it used to be in the past, you know, a season of Friends would cost between forty and fifty pound, mm-hmm. and even. Like, that is expensive, but even so, you'd be like, yes, this is great. I've got 25 episodes. Time's moved on. You can buy the whole box set of Friends for, like, £20. That's 10 seasons. I don't know how many discs that is. It's a lot of discs. It's a lot of discs. For, te- for like, £20. Like, yeah, I'm not going to pay 70 now for one season of Joey, which we're quite enjoying. Yeah. Uh, and certainly our patrons are enjoying our, our discussion of it. But it's not uh, a show I would want to spend £70 on. It's one of those things where, like, technically, the, the law's always behind technology anyway. Like, downloading something is illegal. Yeah. Streaming it on the internet is not. No. So it's, it's against the terms of service, but okay, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to stop, stop giving us money every month because you broke the rules. No, and, and this is why you're hearing a lot of adverts out there for VPN services to protect your data. And it's like, no, no, it's to help you access content 
that you know you might even want to pay for. And certainly with Netflix, you know, if you're paying for it in the UK, you want to access the American version because they have so much more stuff that we don't have access to. If you go through my Facebook at one point, it comes up in the memories where I remember the third, probably about 10 years ago, where the first time I encountered this content is not available in your region on the internet. Yeah. And I had such a giant nerd rant about it <laughs> where I was like, it's the World Wide Web. Why are you like regionalizing the World Wide Web? It defeats the whole point of the internet. Yeah. And it's just corporations wanting more money and licensing well, uh, deals and at the end of the day the money all goes back into one pot as it is and i know you've got like your european side and your american side and blah 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 but you know you're making it difficult people and certainly friends fans are, are feeling that right now where you're basically limited to the dvds really which are not always convenient to use especially in our modern world nope and you might want them on your phone or if you're on a plane or whatever like it it's a shame that, that it is difficult to get hold of in some places. I mean, the TV show I've watched more than any other is Buffy. And I've got all seven seasons on DVD, a couple of seasons twice. Um, but I get four episodes in, so how many episodes are on a disc for a DVD? And I'd be like, oh, I'll go sleep. Or I'll do something else. Because the idea of getting up to change a disc <laughs> in this like kind of digital media library world we now live in, it's kind of made me lazy. I'm like, I just want to go next, like with Netflix. It's like, are you still watching this? Oh, yeah. It's like... I'll tell you when I'm not because I'll have pressed stop. But also DVDs have the issue of you can't skip the intros. No. Sometimes they have unskippable intros. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Buffy especially, you know, if you're you're falling asleep, it will reset back to the title menu and then for every 20 seconds you'll have a loud bit of noise and just go around in the loop, right? I think that annoys me the most are all the multi-language T's and C's like disclaimer things oh, at the yeah. end because I remember watching Buffy on my DVDs and it would the episode would end and I'd have to like get back to the root menu fast enough because once it got to the legal junk you couldn't skip it or return mm. to the root menu so you were like no so, you didn't try. so it isn't a pain in the butt whereas streaming is nice and easy but if they're going to be difficult about it and essentially you know ruin their customer base they've really got themselves to blame but yeah if, if you can't watch uh, Friends on Netflix you can always listen to our episodes and Kind of get the idea. You know, you've, you've seen Friends enough. You can close your eyes, listen to our clips, and you know exactly what's happening. Exactly. Um, what else has been happening in the world? Uh, there was some sad news for the comic book world this week. Um, Neil Adams has passed away, uh, who's a much beloved like, writer, inker, really famous for like, his Batman work. And he passed away this week at the age of 80. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of his cover work is basically very much like, oh, people's childhood memories of Batman are Neil Adams. Um, he was very, very good, to be fair. Um, he created several characters, to be fair. Uh, Raj Ogle, Mambat, for instance, were from his DC characters. He created John Stewart as well, who was the first Black Green Lantern, which is very cool. Um, so he's definitely got a legacy, but it's a it's a weird thing to think that I'll never walk into a shop again and pick up a new Neil Adams comic. Right. Yeah, it was quite sad for the nerds of the world, I guess. But I guess with that sadness, we should move on to happier things and get onto the episode, Mark. Yes, definitely. Uh, season two, episode twenty-one. The one with the bullies. I think now, the as we end this season, the show starts getting way funnier. Mm-hmm. And obviously we get into season three, season four. I'm, I'm getting really excited again. This episode is one of the ones that, you know, sometimes you talk about the episode name doesn't really evoke memories of the episode. Yeah. This one, perfectly named. Like the second you read it, you're like, cool, I remember this episode. I know exactly what happened. Definitely. It's fantastic. We open with the gang watching TV. And Monica is easily amused. She's been watching the business news purely because one of the stock abbreviations matches her initials. And as Rachel clearly puts it, Mon needs to find a job. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then Ross tells her that the dad knows someone she can call for an interview. 
This sets off Phoebe. Because apparently, Mark, it is a sign that she now has to go and see her dad. There have been many signs today. And she proceeds to stretch logic almost to its breaking point. I guess you'll see what you want to. Well, yeah. The, to me, this is like, you know, you can make up anything with maths, right? Yep. Where you just take random numbers and you're like, oh, but if you do this with the number, you can create this and this and, you know, it creates that. And it's the same way with, um, say, like the, the Mayans in 2012. You remember all that stuff? Yep. Like, oh, well, the calendar is 2012. But, you know, if you read this, it says bad things are going to happen. That means the Earth's going to be destroyed. And But in this way, you look at it. Well, it's like when like religious scholars are like, the Bible says that the earth is this old. And you go, no, to a divine being, what is time? And then there's all these things like, what, like, like dog years almost like. Well, there's, there is lots of religious stuff where they're like, you know, especially American preachers where they're like, the world's going to end this date, this time. And then when it doesn't, they've always got a reason why it doesn't. They're like, ah, oh, I found a new reading, which explains actually it's going to be pushed back by seven years. <laughs> yeah, like, we forgot about this random thing. And it's like, okay, whatever. So yeah, Phoebe... He's just taking random things and just kind of trying to make something out of it. She wants to go meet her dad. And then we have the titles. Still can't remember how many claps there are, but we'll swiftly move on from there. Um, Russ and Chandler and a central perk. Well, it's not the refuge that it normally is. Fair warning, this is a long clip. Man, I am so beat. Oh, yeah. Hey, you want to just forget about racquetball and hang out here? Yeah, all right. Hey, you're in our seats. Oh, sorry, we didn't know. Hey, we were sitting there. <laughs> okay, there is one more way to say it. Who knows? It? <laughs> is that supposed to be funny? No, actually, I was just going for colorful. <laughs> What's with this guy? What's with you? Uh, nothing. Nothing's with him. <laughs> Enjoy your coffee. What just happened? I just took your hat. See, I can be funny too. My my joke is that I I took your hat. Well, that 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 is funny. <laughs> can I have it back? No. No? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I think you're very funny. Kudos on that hat joke. <laughs> But come on, guys, just just give him back the hat. Why should we? Because it's a special hat. See, he bought it because he was feeling really down one day, so he got the hat to cheer himself up, you know? That Chandler, you would Stop talking. Stop talking now. <laughs> Let me just get this straight. You're actually stealing my hat? You got a problem with that? No, just want to make sure we're on the same page. The Bullies is such a weird storyline. Like it it, it, it's funny, but it's so out there. Considering, you know, the the guys are in their late twenties. Um, I can't remember how old Ross is because his age actually changes around this point anyway. So let's yes. say let's say late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's just strange, right? But it, it's not something you expect to encounter as an adult. No, it's very much like a you know a childhood thing. Like oh, bullies, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the whole thing's weird. Like, they obviously take Chandler's hat. And then Russ, it's like he's forgotten about being bullied as a dork at school. Because why would you tell the bully that this hat he's now stolen, he's having a great time keeping <laughs> yeah. from you, is now more emotionally significant than just being a hat? <laughs> yeah. Like, if anything, he's giving him more reason to not give you the hat back. Yeah, yeah. Chandler's right. Stop talking. Stop talking. Like, and, and Ross is, you know, he's a big guy. He's a tall guy. 
these guys are well dressed. They're not they're not rough guys. They're in a coffee shop. I don't think it's gonna break out into like proper fist fight. Well, this is the thing which we, I guess we'll get more into later, is that a lot of these kind of like aggressive macho bully type people are used to the bluster being enough yeah. to get what they want. And it's it's you know, it's not very often that when you do stand up to them, they stick around long enough for it to actually matter. Because it, it is weird how these guys have just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden are pushing their weight around. Yeah, like... I don't, I don't think normal people would really act like that. They would just be like, oh, we're sitting there. Oh, I'm sorry. The end. And like, okay, you get the second guy going, we were there. He's like, all right, it's fine. Your friend told us we're moving. It's fine. It's not an issue. Yeah, I, I get the sense that they were bullies in school and their social group hasn't really changed and they're kind of their same social dynamic has just continued on. Uh, it reminds me of episode of Frasier where one of his bullies comes yeah. over to fix the, the plumbing and then Niall's bully turns up and he's got, oh, what's his name? Using Scrubs, plays Dr. Cox. Okay, I forget. But he's in it, he's great. It's a great episode. But yeah, bullies, it's, it's a weird dynamic and especially that these are random. At least in the Frasier episode, there's a pre-existing history. Yep. Whereas in this, it's just two random blokes being mean in Central Park. Like, how does he even get just, this far? Just grab your hat back. Like, what's he going to do? Yeah, and at the same time, like you said, Ross isn't a small guy. Um, Chandler's slight, I guess. He's tall but slight. Whereas Ross is quite broad. He's like he's quite yeah. a big bloke. Plus, plus, you know, Red Ross. Red Ross. <laughs> but I guess, I guess a lot of it is a, an internal thing. Of Ross is used to being that kind of academic nerd who was picked on. Yeah. So when he gets into this kind of confrontation, he's his brain acts the way it acts. And also the way we think about things, we just like to ruin the comedy of friends. We so do. Much. We do like to overanalyze. Um, but then we find Monica arriving home after what was an apparently awful interview. She starts telling Rachel and Joey that it's a 50s-themed restaurant and how she can't work there in a costume when she was head sous-chef at Café d'Artiste. And I didn't know what sous-chef meant, so I had to look it's, it up. It's, it's basically not the head chef. It means like second in command yeah. of the kitchen. And I was like, that's way less exciting than sous-chef sounded. Yeah. I was like, well, oh. that's, that's why you have all these titles. So you, you know, you're not a shelf stacker, you're a logistics coordinator. Like, yeah, it's like you weren't, you weren't in charge, so who cares? Like... Well, no, the, the sous chef is quite important. Like, yes, you have your head chef, but your sous chef will generally look after everyone else. But didn't we just do this plot line, Mark, with Joey? And uh, being a taxi driver number two? I guess, but, uh, you know, I feel like a 50s themed restaurant is slightly different. It's, it is weird. Like, it, you've got to think about it. If you're a chef, you know how to cook, right? And you could be working at a fine dining place doing some amazing meals. Or you could be a chef at McDonald's. Like, I guess that's how she's seen it. It's like the 50s theme restaurant is like, it's not a proper job, even though it is the same. It's just the fact that she, you know, she has to dress up and be, you know, part of this. Well, Joey got over it and, you know, auditioned to be cab driver number two. But thankfully, Monica's a little, you know, quicker on the uptake and realizes that she may have to do the job as she does kind of need the money. Yeah. Um, welcome to being grown up, really, I guess. It's <laughs> yeah. just what happens. I, well, that's the thing. I, some people think that when you've got a job, okay, you've got to be here now for, for quite a while because you've accepted it. It's like, no, like you can just take jobs for a couple of weeks or months yep. until you get better. Like that's probably what you should be doing. Plus, it's always easier to find a job when you've got a job yes. because you don't have your potential employer wondering, why don't you have a job? No. It's just take anything and then you'll find someone else. Um, but it's unusual for characters in Snitcom to have these kind of struggles. And it just feels like a yet another reason why the show's still so relatable. Definitely. Like, you can always argue, you know, how are they in a, a, an apartment that large with no jobs and blah, 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 which is the common thing, especially back in the 90s. But yeah, the, it is more relatable because she's like, I have no money. I have $127 in my bank account. Like, that's, 
relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. And the stresses of, you know, what am I going to do because I've got no money. Well, people live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Especially with, you know, the cost of living crisis the UK is currently in the middle of. It can very much be a, you know, a stressful time. Yep. Um, well, the one thing mentioned the apartment, you mentioned Seinfeld quite often on the show. I finally got around to watching some Seinfeld. Okay. Um, of course, it was through hockey. Well, how would I get to something any other way? <laughs> but we were watching some hockey at a friend's house and they mentioned a character called Puddy who, whenever that actor was at the Devils, he wears face paint. But I had no context for this. So I just assumed it was this thing. Um, and they explained this episode of Seinfeld about the face painter. But we watched Seinfeld. Um, and my friend was like, oh yeah, basically friends copied the formula of Seinfeld and became friends, but Seinfeld's still really good. But one thing I will give Seinfeld over friends is that Seinfeld's apartment is way more realistic for living in New York. It's small. You can basically see every room from one room. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more realistic apartment. And he's a success, somewhat successful stand-up comedian in the show. So he definitely is like, how is the, I feel like they should swap. Monica should have Seinfeld's apartment and Seinfeld should have Monica's. Yeah, because in Seinfeld, they, they generally use one or two cameras. It's, it's very much front-facing for the apartment. Whereas in Friends, you know, the cameras can move around you know, 180 degrees. Yeah. To, to show different things and sometimes even beyond that uh yeah it's it's interesting but i i guess you know it's nice that especially for the the time that the show aired is to be like so relatable and not you know silly and you know yeah they can do whatever they want because it's tv yeah but these people have problems and then again it's why we always love the characters this many years later well that that's the thing with comedy like the the best comedy or funniest comedy is the stuff that's actually probably fairly normal and mundane. Yeah, it's true. But then Chandler and Ross enter the apartment. Hi. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Some mean guys at the coffee house with my hat. No. The kid. It was ridiculous. You know, these guys, they were bullies. Actual bullies, you know? We're grown-ups. This kind of stuff isn't supposed to happen anymore. Oh, come on. No. Oh, no, wait a minute. I have no one. Hey, well, let's go down there and get your hat back. Ah, forget it. It's probably stripped and sold for parts by now. Hey, I went up. What? My stock, MEG, it went up two points. My gosh, do you realize that if I had invested my $127 in myself yesterday, that I'd, like, have a lot more than that today? I'm going to do it. Do what? Put all my money in me. Monica, what are you talking about? You don't know the first thing about the stock market. What's to know? Buy, sell, high, low, bears, bulls. <laughs> yes, Manhattan. Yeah, telephone number, the stock selling store. Stock smart. Investing. I had zero understanding of what any of this meant growing up watching the show. I was just like, it's things i don't know what she's doing um as an adult who lived through bank collapses and austerity it now makes more sense but it's an angry kind of sense that just makes me mad when i think about it because it's essentially rich people getting richer <laughs> well sort of right and now everyone talks about crypto all the time i just no, don't like it well i guess it's because you don't understand it right well i understand it it's just that's any more than i did but the closest I get to dabbling with the stock market nowadays is rewatching trading places every year. Because to me, the stock market feels like to make any significant difference, you need to have 
enough money to invest in the first place. You need a substantial amount of cash to make a substantial amount of cash. It's literally the, the, the system of the rich getting richer. If I buy stocks in a tiny company, short of some kind of Reddit craze or a fluke, I'm not going to turn my 100 quid investment into, you know, thousands. Well, technically you could. Because basically the, the stock market is basically educated gambling. So, yeah, you could have that small company that you're going to invest into. And, yeah, it could turn into, you know, from one pound a share to, you know, a hundred pound, right? And, yeah, you made a ton of money. But you have to be educated about it. You can't just be like Monica here where she's just picking based on the name she likes. Like she's, she's literally gambling with money at this point. Yeah. Whereas in real life, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, this company makes this. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. You know, this company's got a new phone that's coming out soon. Will the stocks increase? Mm, no. Generally, when they release a new product, their share price goes down a little bit because people, because uh, they're not releasing what people have hyped themselves up to believe is going to come out. Or, you know, you look at Twitter. You could have bought Twitter for $34 a week ago. And as of the time of recording, Elon Musk has just bought it and he's gone, right, uh, I'm going to buy it for like $43. And it actually went up to $50 on the market. Um, and yeah, if you had some insight or were quick enough, then yeah, you could have been in early. And it's the same with, as you mentioned, with um, GameStop on Reddit. So a couple of years ago, during the pandemic... Uh, GameStop is a video games retailer, and video game retail doesn't seem to be doing very well. Uh, a bit like the movie retailers, a bit like Blockbuster, I guess, in a sense. Like yeah. everything's gone digital, right? So there's no need to really go into retail to buy that. There was one guy on Reddit who had seen that basically a lot of people had bought, um, I forget what the, the term is, but basically you hedge your bets saying that this company's share price will go down. So the way it works is, Ryan, you've got, let's say, 100 shares in GameStop, right? Yep. What I do is, is I borrow those 100 shares off you. I sell them instantly for the price they're worth, betting that the price is going to go down. If it does go down, I buy the shares back. I give you your 100 shares back, and I keep the profits. And he had realized that a lot of people had been doing that to this company. And the idea was that basically if he bought enough shares and then could get everyone else to do the same, the share price would go up. All these people would be screwed because they've sold their shares. And if the price goes up, then they would lose money. So what they and they've only borrowed these shares off, off of you. So they have to give the shares back to you. Okay. So they would have to buy them back at whatever price they went to. So for, for GameStop, I think the, the share price was a couple of dollars, right? Yep. And he sent it up eventually to, I think it was like $350. Now, if I'd sold these shares I'd borrowed off you, I'm going to have to buy them as, as quickly as possible because I can't buy them back at $100 a share. I would be absolutely ruined. Even at $2 a share, having bought them off you for like, uh, uh, sold them after borrowing them off you for $1, would absolutely ruin me, right? Fair. So that was kind of interesting. And that was a case of, people in a sense manipulating the market by you know just jumping on board and it all went a bit wrong and dodgy but it isn't just rich people getting richer but you're right like if you're going to the casino and putting a hundred pound on black you might win 200 back here yeah? 200 pound is really going to do much to your life is it not really no if you put a hundred thousand pound on and had 200 thousand that suddenly 
means a lot more of what you can do. Yeah. Like, with that extra £100,000, you could buy a house. But yes, you had to have the money to, to get there, yeah? Yeah. But no, poor people can, in effect, work their way up the ladder. You t- you're basically having to make a lot of educated guesses that are always right to do that. No, the whole system seems dodgy to me. Like, I know insider trading is, like, trading is against the law. Yes. So I'm like, mm. No, a, a, lot of, a lot of trading probably does come from friend of a friend who knows something who knows something and like look at elon musk like he definitely manipulates the market by going i'm going to buy this or i've bought this knowing that my like brand is just going to push it up because all the sheep are going to follow me yeah yeah Uh, and he has been in trouble for that and under investigation for for a bunch of things but yeah uh, the the stock market generally 90 percent of people lose money because they are just gambling they're just guessing don't get involved if you're doing that like do your research and if you get lucky cool like you know there's a lot of people who uh, go into the stock market and invest in um, oil and stuff like that of like this company says they're going to find a new deposit of oil in this area and they've got like 10 chances to find it and if they do the share price will absolutely skyrocket but there's a high probability that they won't and yeah it's, it's all about taking these educated guesses and, and going for it and you know it's it's the long haul like you look at amazon and microsoft or netflix or anything and you can't just put your money in and a week later you've doubled it no it it can literally sit in there for years and sometimes it might massively drop and certainly before the pandemic happened like i'd never done like stocks well i'd done stocks or shares once and lost lost money so i invested in a company and actually just wasn't doing well because i i i put my money in based on the company itself rather than educating myself on why they would potentially grow yeah yeah uh, but when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, yeah, we wouldn't invest in stocks and shares at this point. Like, why would I want to lock away money or potentially lose money in a time where you want to be kind of cash rich as shops are shutting down and businesses are shutting and stuff like that, right? Fair. Uh, but if you look at the stock market, actually things changed. People were massively investing. You can look at, uh, in the UK, Cineworld. Their shares were going for up to about £100 a share. Uh, in the UK during the pandemic, when they were shut, they're open now and they're worth about forty pound a share. You know, hang on, how they were, how are they making more money per share when they were shut than when they actually opened? And some of it is basically, you know, they they had potential when they opened to make more money. And obviously, when they have opened, it's not been as quick or as big as expected, and obviously, it drops down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Stock, stocks and shares are weird. Like you expect, like. The way you expect it to work doesn't work the way it does. Um, so yeah, don't don't even get into it unless you can afford to lose money and you're educated. I guess I think that's why it, it seems like a grift to me because it's essentially mm. a case of don't get into it unless you can afford to lose money. It's like most people can't afford to lose money. No. So it just comes across kind of like, a, oh, it's the 1% helping the 1% again because most people, the majority of day-to-day people are working paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. It's not a system they can afford to try and better themselves in because if they put 50 quid into into some shares and that's that's not, even if it goes up or down, that's still 50 quid they've not got that week yeah. to buy a bus pass for the kid to get to school or the new shoes they need or to pay the lighting bill. And to me, it just, I don't know. It's, I mean, I've got, I don't to like casinos either, do I? No, uh, but it's, to me, it's like playing the lottery, like, you know, you you could be like, well, I can't afford to put a pound on lottery ticket, but what if you did, and your numbers came up, and now you're multi millionaire? Well, I mean, there's a I guess there's a level of investment there. The lottery is a pound, 
or yes. two pound, and then the potential winnings are billion or millions. Yeah, but but there is technically no reason with the stock market or the casino that you couldn't take that pound and turn it into a million. Well, well, you'd have to be extremely lucky to do that. You would. I think what annoys me is when the Reddit thing was happening and they were talking about doing it with other company shares. Loads of different companies and like rich people in America tried tried getting onto like the financial people and be like, no, change the rules. You can't well, do this. Oh yeah, that that was a big issue, right? So with that, uh, everyone jumped on Reddit because. It's it's now super easy to to buy stocks and shares. You just load up an app, yep. and you can just buy it there and then from your credit card. Years ago, you'd have you have to open an account with a bank. You'd have to phone up. There would be delays in like the the lag, um, in knowing like if shares are going up or down and stuff like that. Whereas now it's pretty much instantaneous on your phone and super easy to do, which is you know. Why it became an issue with the GameStop stuff is because everyone could do that. And yet, these people who were going to lose money on their, their GameStop stocks because of what they were doing in terms of borrowing and selling and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, they, they, they didn't want to lose their money. And that's why people in the background got involved and were like, oh, the, the app that you're using, you can no longer buy the shares or we're slowing down or you know, their excuses are oh, the network was overloaded. But no, there's, there's, clearly, there's clearly dodginess going on in the background. And certainly the, the app in America, Robin Hood, um, there is a, I think the, the lawsuit's still ongoing. But yeah, like, I get, I get your point that, yeah, there is some dodginess going on. But yeah, that's the thing with rich people all over, isn't it, really? Yeah, I don't like it. Well, that's enough about stocks for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that wasn't too boring. <laughs> we should put like timestamp later. Don't want to hear us talk about stocks for 20 minutes. Skip to this bit. Um, but then we get a nice tracking shot of Phoebes, who's decided to go see her dad driving the cab. And I, again, every time we're outside and not in Central Park with the apartment, I'm like, Mark's going to be happy. Yep. She always like we're outside. Um, and Phoebes is as gentle on the brake as ever. But this time, her passengers, Joey and Rachel, are prepared. And they've got cushions to protect themselves. <laughs> I don't know if that would really do much, but I feel like you'd be better off just sitting in the footwell. Yeah, I like the idea that it's happened so often now. Joe was like, no, you need to bring these with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. These are the there's some special cushions in the corner and they're the driving around with Phoebe cushions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite cool. Um, but Phoebe wants to attempt to meet her dad again and let's have a listen. Oh, God. Here we go. For the first time in my life, I'm going to say, hi, birth father. We love you and yeah, we're here for you. Good luck. Thanks. Hey, Rach, you, uh, you want some sandwich? Oh, what is in that? Olive loaf and ham spread, no mayo. No, no, because mayo, that would make it gross. Hey! Hey! No, oh, oh, oh! Run, baby, run! No, 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 please! Oh, I do so want to love all animals. Please, no! Get a bone! Get a bone! Get a bone! You got a bone? Are you kidding me? Look, kibbles! Bits! Oh! God, all right, get the hell off my leg, you yippity piece of crap! Okay. All right, we have a problem. That problem, Mark, is a yuppity piece of crap. <laughs> I love this scene. <laughs> I, yeah, like, you know, normally in scenes where you have like a dog like biting your leg, it's a fake dog there, and it's like, no, that's a real dog biting on like Phoebe's leg. Yep, getting swung around. Yeah, she's like pretty aggressive with that dog, isn't she? Mm-hmm. It's hilarious though. Yeah. I love how she starts off like, I'm really trying to love all animals. And then like <laughs> moments later, she's like, piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, even like, a, I feel like almost like a smaller dog like that is harder to deal with. Because like a big dog, you can kind of grab it. That small dog's like, where do I grab it? Because its teeth are going to be 
everywhere, <laughs> everywhere right <laughs> uh, i i do like the way that it's like it's bouncing against the window and they're like oh let's take his trampoline away yeah. and then there's the shot where you know joey turns around to look out the window and the dog's literally halfway through the window, <laughs> In the window. Uh, yeah it's, it's such a brilliant scene yeah it's just it's just fun i can't i can't not include a clip of phoebe calling a dog a piece of crap like it's so <laughs> yeah. not phoebe that it has to exist um but we leave this scene and we're back at Central Park, and the bullies return. Hey, 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 isn't that the guy who used to wear your hat? And look where they're sitting. You're joking, right? You guys just walked through the door. Maybe we didn't make it clear enough. Yeah. This couch belongs to us. All right, I'll tell you what. You call the couch, and then and then we'll call the couch and we'll see who it comes to. You know what I keep wondering? Why you two are still sitting here. All right, that's it. I have had enough of this, all right? Gunther, these guys are trying to take our seat. Fellas, these guys were here first. Oh, sorry, oh, I didn't realize. There you go. Thank you, Gunther. We didn't want to have to go and do that. He told on us? You told on us? Well, pal, you didn't give me much of a choice. This is absolutely hilarious. It is. It's just so fast stands up and you're like, oh, it's going to kick off. And he just goes and does Gunther. Well, it's the way he does it as well. It's like, Gunther, Gunther, come here, please. I love the, the power it gives Gunther in this moment, where yeah. like Gunther is like raw, like the king of the land. is like, it's my coffee shop. But he also doesn't care. He's like, hey, guys, they were here first. Like, <laughs> you can tell he, to me, he doesn't care. I mean, I was almost expecting the first time I saw this episode for Gunther to take the bully's side just because Ross and Rachel <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. jealous. He's like, do what you want. I don't I, care. I don't, I don't think he's quite got there yet, yeah. has he, with, with that relationship. <laughs> but, but it made me laugh. Um I like how the bullies want to take it outside, which I guess if you don't know is a slang term for go have a fight. Yeah, because you, you can't do it inside because someone will stop you. You have to do it out and on the streets. The streets yeah. In the middle of a massive metropolitan city. But yeah, um, I mean, I'm not a violent person, Mark. And over the years, I've had my fair share of run-ins with bullies. And nine times out of ten, I've tried to disengage, aka ran off, as I'm not getting battered or jumped over something stupid like a hat or why am I walking down no. the road. Uh, but I grew, grew up in a rough area. Uh, sometimes I'd get jumped just because I happened to be one of the only white kids in the area and I happened to be by myself. Um, but it is remarkable to me how often the wind is taken out of kind of bullies or aggressive people's sails when they realise you aren't going to back down and that, you know, the one in ten time you've resulted in an actual fight, which is rare, or they back down and are suddenly kind of shook, which I guess is frustrating. Um, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you know, people say violence is never the answer. And I'm like, well... If the question is, how do you stop this situation happening? Sometimes kind of is. Well, yeah, we, we spoke about this in our Joey episode two Patreon episode about looks mm-hmm. being like a 10 or a one or whatever. But there definitely is a case for how you look and how you act around people can make you more vulnerable to this, I guess. Yep. So, you know, I've had nerdy friends who you just look at them and they just scream nerd and they've been like jumped multiple times. Yeah, I've luckily never had it happen to me. Um, Good, but but you are like 
I can see why they've done. They can see you're a vulnerable-looking person who's just going to give up everything instantly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, a lot of it is the attitude. Like I'm sure you've had on the streets where you walk past like a rough-looking group of kids. And they're like, "Oh, you you got a light, mate, or you got got some cigarettes." And then, depending on how you react, could potentially change how they're going to react to you. Like if you if you're like, "Oh no, no, sorry, so I don't have any cigarettes on me. You shouldn't be smoking, young lad." Like that, they're it's going to get their backs up. Where if you're like, "No, nah, mate, I don't have any. Goodbye." Like, they're not going to mess with you, sort of. Yeah, thing. like, if, if you show fear in any way, shape, or form, it's going to get exploited. Yes. And then you're going to be in a worse situation. And, like, and, and well, and like, certainly junior school years, like, you would get, like, this, maybe even like the smaller kids or younger kids try it on you. And if you, you know, roll over, yeah, they're going to push you as far as they can. Whereas if you turn around and, you know, threaten them, all of a sudden they run away very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I've got countless tales of times where, well, a lot of times bullies in my schools would make the mistake of they'd try and pick on me when there was like five on one mm. and I couldn't really do much about it. So but like, I guess this is happening. They're going to throw my backpack into the bush. That's happening really. I can't do much one on five. But then I mean, one example of one of the bullies seemed to think that I was specifically scared of him, not the fact I was massively outnumbered. So he's tried something when he was one on one and got a thump in for his tries. Yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. and after that point, none of that group messed with me at all. Yeah. Because he tried it by himself and I, I don't know what his brain was thinking. I was like, oh Ryan must be scared of me because I'm the scary one. And he was like, Well, no, now it's just us. So whatever happens, even if I get my butt whooped. Well, I, I think I think if, even if it's five on one, like if you tried to fight back, like they're they're the same issue. Like they don't want to be hurt. And as soon as you, like, do anything, they're going to pull back on it, right? Whereas if you're like, no, I'm just going to roll over and give you everything, then they're just going to push you all the way, right? Well, I mean, the issue when it's five and one is that it only takes two of them to decide to fight and three stand and watch yes. before you're on the ground getting booted. But if you, if you punched one of them in the face, all of a sudden all five will potentially run away because none of them want to be punched in the face. So I totally disagree. That sounds more like I've never been jumped, so I'm not no, sure what it's no, like. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that's going to actually happen, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, if you do defend yourself and fight back, then, yeah, you are going to make them question if it's worth the effort. Yeah, I mean, the, the general rule I have gone by with after, when I got a bit older, when I was in my, like, middle teen years, would be if I am outnumbered and getting out of the situation seemed like an option, just pick one of them. Just yes, pick one yes. to make sure that person knows they've been in a fight. Even if you end up with the worst of it, at least one of the three is going to know that yep. something's going on. And now, obviously, as adults, it's a little bit different because if someone comes up to you, they're probably not going to be a bully. No. They probably are going to be someone with a knife who's like, give me your phone. Yeah, like, do you want to be stabbed? And No, it's not worth it. The phone's insured. You can't access the contents of the phone. It's absolutely worthless to you, whatever. Like, you, you know, my £20 of cash is not worth dying over, right? No. And you do see this on the news, and it's really sad when they're like, you know, this person died after defending themselves because they, you know, they wouldn't give up their honour because they didn't want to, to give in to this sort of person. It's like, it's not, it's not always worth it. No. I mean, there was a case recently in the UK of a professional boxer, and his wife was stopped at knife point or gunpoint, mm. I think, in walking down the road. Um, and the wife ran off, like, immediately. And everyone was giving a lot of hate for it, saying, oh, my God, how could you ditch your husband? It's like, because they've got a gun. Yeah. Like, if I was walking down the road with my other half and someone pulled a gun, I'd want that person, whether it's partner, friend, whoever, out of that situation as fast as possible. I'd be like, yeah. get gone. Like, why would you stay around and wait? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's in certain situations, it's not worth fighting no. because it's just either run or do all that because you really want you don't know what situation that person's in so that person could be at the end of their tether completely desperate and need the 20 quid you've got in your pocket otherwise they can't feed their kid and they've just i mean more than likely they're just going to be scummy morons yeah but 
even so you you don't push someone you don't know because you don't want to end up sitting on the street with a bullet hole thinking ah i didn't think they were actually going to do that no exactly and that's where this becomes a bit weird because they are bullies yeah and adults are not bullies in that way like you might have uh, a manager who's a bully at a workplace or whatever but these i guess they're trying to play on like the schoolyard bullies here yeah but yeah adults like that don't don't, don't add like this it, it becomes way more aggressive yeah. If it's going to happen. I mean, the bullies in this scene pull back the sofa, like tilt it backwards so they can get right into yeah. Ross and Chandler's face. And I've got to say that Ross is fantastic in this scene. He's nervous, avoiding eye contact. He's right back to being that kind of geology rocks kid who was bullied at school. And Chandler, I'll be honest, I didn't really pay any attention to him most of these scenes, other when he's making great jokes about calling the sofa. Yeah, I think he, I think he's staying back. And obviously his defense mechanism is humor. But the way the way David Schumer acts this whole scene is fantastic. Like easily, be like right, he's definitely been bullied at some point in his life because he's, he's just down pat. I reckon you know, recognise it. But uh, let's move on from that. Time for an ad break, and then we'll get back in touch with Phoebes. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of the HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you don't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Best Buy and Amazon or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's night time now, Mark. Not here. In the episode <laughs> of Friends. <laughs> well, well, it will be soon here as well. We we do record these quite late. We do. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's basically summertime. It's quite bright, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> anyway, um, it's night time uh, with Phoebe and the gang in the car. And they're still sat in the taxi outside Frank's house. But, you know, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe's decided what she's going to do. And she's good to go. Hey, Phoebes, uh, I think you're good to go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's the matter? I just think that this was a really bad sign, you know? I mean, like, the beast at the threshold, you know? <laughs> it's just, I have, like, no family left, you know? I mean, except for my grandmother. 
you know, but let's face it, she's not going to be around forever, despite what she says. <laughs> and I have a sister who I've barely spoken to since we, like, shared a womb. Yeah. I don't know, this is my real father. And I just, I want things to be, like, just right. Yeah, Phoebe, I completely understand. Yeah, whatever you need. Hey, you want to go home? Okay, thanks. Sorry again. Stupid dog's fault. I mean... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, dry, driving a car is kind of scary at times because cats especially run out literally in front of you. You could have a whole road empty in front of you and they're like, oh, going to wait till the last second now, go! As if it's some kind of weird game to them. <laughs> I, I know it's not. I know it's like an instinctual thing of they don't understand it's a road. Yeah. They're like, there's a big thing coming towards me. Even though I'm in a bush here, it's coming near me. I better get out of its way, right? Uh, but at the same time, that dog knows the car engine's on, it's going to move. Get out of the way. I mean, he was a savage little beast, but I do feel sorry for him a little bit. Tiny bit. Phoebe's a menace with a taxi. If it's not squashing dogs, it's, you know, <laughs> smashing up her friend's faces when she breaks. It's terrible. But the next morning, Monica is slamming coffee and trading stocks. Uh, Rachel gets up and finds Joey eating breakfast at their table. Uh, there's some obvious scepticism about Monica's stock savvy. Uh, but she's made money, and we're joined by Phoebes. Well, before we get into the clip, like, yeah, she's said earlier, she's just got lucky at just guessing. And something going up two points, you know, she, she invested $127. She's probably not making a lot of money, unless the stock for some reason goes massive because of some sale or buying or something like that. She's probably made, you know, tens of dollars on that at yeah. best. Like, yeah, she... Investing $127 is just stupid for her. Uh, but, you know, she's been lucky so far, I guess. Hey, I made $17 before breakfast. What have you done? Well, uh, I had breakfast here, so technically I saved three fifty. How did you make $17? Well, my financially challenged friends. I split my money and I bought some shares of CHP and ZXY. How come those? Well, CHP, because I used to have a crush on Eric Estrada. And ZXY, because I think it sounds sexy. What happened to uh, MEG? MEG was good for me, but I dumped her. You know, my motto is get out before they go down. That is so not my motto. Okay, I talked to the vet. People are so nice upstate. Oh. Anyway, he said that the little fella's gonna be okay and I can pick him up tomorrow. Oh, oh good. Thank God. Yeah. yeah, but he did have to have like a bunch of stitches and he said that only once in a blue moon does a dog's ear grow back. So, <laughs> still hoping. Uh... That's always the biggest fear of like hitting an animal. Do, do, do I have to pay for it? <laughs> Poor injured animal, and you're like, the financial cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because vets are very expensive, especially if you've hit a dog like that. Like, that would have been hundreds, if not thousands, right? Yeah, it is very expensive, to be fair. I mean, I remember when my rats real, the medication for them was like £110, and the rat only cost eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it's probably even worse from the other side of it. If, like, you know, when I had a cat, 
the, the fear was always letting them out and someone running over them and either not doing anything or them just being injured. And you're like, it's going to be expensive now. Something that really wish didn't happen. I had a cat once called Duke and he liked to challenge cars to fights. <laughs> I think in the, what, the 14, 15 years we had him, he got run over about six times. But was never injured. We'd take him. Like at one point, he came in the house and had a tire mark on his face. Like the rubber of the tire had like <laughs> marked his face. And we're like, oh my god! But he was just sat there, like yeah, wanted some milk and just chilling. Yeah. And I was like, we'd take him to vets. So we took him to the vets, and he was absolutely fine. He was just dirty, basically. And I was like, I don't understand what happened. But yeah, he just he just seemed like he would challenge cars to fights. And I guess he won nine times that. Time <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he died of old age peacefully. So yeah, he seemed to fight him. But in the middle of that clip, there's the bit where. Monica says, oh, I get them out before they go down. And then we get a really, really funny but crude joke from Joey of that's so not my motto. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, a lot of times I can remember if I got a joke when I was a kid or not. That one I probably wouldn't have got, but he's very funny. Yeah. It's great. It's almost my joke of the episode, to be fair, but it's very, very good. But we were discussing in our Patreon episodes about Joey and how he gets stupider over the seasons. That's not, that's a kind of a, a a clever, witty joke for Joey yes. compared to what he's like in the later seasons when they just turn him into a lamppost. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see. It's very funny. Um, but Phoebe doesn't want to call her dad to tell him about the dog as she doesn't want to meet him over the phone. And Joey offers to do so. And as Phoebe reaches for the phone, Monica snaps at her about not being on the phone too long because she needs to trade more stocks. Money changes, people mark. It's sad <laughs> to see. You know, well, I mean? well, this is her job, isn't it? Like, you know, she, as she said, she made $17 like before breakfast, right? And she needs the phone. And, and certainly with stocks and shares, it, you can't just be like, oh, I'll see how it goes later on in the day. Because when people do that, that's when they're like, oh, all my money's gone now because it, it's very quick. And to not talk about stocks and shares for too long, and this will probably annoy you as well, is that the people making the money, like at the New York Stock Exchange, they're getting like instant feedback. They're using AI and everything else, right? The stocks and shares that you see on your phone are normally delayed by, it could be seconds, could be minutes. So you're like, ah, oh, the stock's going down. Well, two minutes ago, they saw that happening and they offloaded everything. So what you're seeing is not always relatable. Oh, okay. Which is another thing that the banks do to give them the edge, I guess. And it's frustrating. So, yeah. so Sort of racket. And, and obviously, Monica's on the phone as well. And she's watching stuff on TV. Like, yeah, she's, she's probably like 10, 20 minutes behind the New York Stock Exchange. So she can't wait for Phoebe to finish her call. She needs to offload a bunch of money. Terrible. It's a whole racket, Mark. Um, but Joey dials the number and a woman answers which we weren't expecting um, but Joey tells her the dog will be back within 24 hours and he puts on a weird voice and now it sounds like the dog's <laughs> <Yeah>. been kidnapped <laughs> like, th- this is the whole thing with Joey and uh, remember the, the stalker he had and he's like oh you know if we just leave the apartment she won't notice us and he's like well she does she saw him on TV yeah. and this is him thinking if I phone and use my real voice they'll know who I am not because he's a celebrity no just because he's thinking they'll know my voice so i'll put on this weird fake voice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's not stupid joey joey has a logic to this yeah and he's just taking it the wrong way yeah exactly um we then join ross and chandler in the the boys apartment and it's now their new coffee shop mark they're drinking some hideous kind of packet coffee not that all coffee isn't hideous you know praise the leaf um, but as joey walks out of his bedroom he tells them that after his niece is christening He's going to go down to the coffee shop with them and then all have a nice cup of coffee together because Joey will be there to keep them safe. Yeah, I, I like the way like Joey is. 
a tough man. I, I, I don't think of Joey being like that good in a fight. I don't know. There's something about him where you'd just be like, no, I, I don't. I think he would be all talk. Like he'd be a great guy to have like behind you. But Joey doesn't seem like the fighter type to me. I mean, it's the kind of loud, I guess, kind of brash, almost brash, stereotypical, like Italian-American there, yeah. kind of like, oh, I'll knock you out. And yeah. I feel like, yeah, having that there, even if he can throw a punch or not, is going to make people think twice compared to skinny Joker Chandler <laughs> yeah. and, you know, Dinosaur Nerd Ross. <laughs> I, I did like the way they're, they're making the coffee and, you know, stirring it because <laughs> it's like you know pour and stir pour and stir <laughs> it looks gross <laughs> yeah don't let it settle just yeah it's, it's brilliant just grim um, but Ross is against this idea as he doesn't need rescuing no 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 man I don't want to have to have Joey with me every time I want a decent cup of coffee you know and I don't want to spend the rest of my life drinking cappuccino with a K I say you and I go back down there and stand up to those guys. All right, hang on a second there, Custer. Yeah, really, Ross, have you ever been beaten up before? Yeah, sure. By someone besides Monica. No. So what? So what if we get beaten up? Maybe that's just something every man has to go through once in his life, you know, like a, like a rite of passage or something. Well, couldn't we just lose our virginities again? <laughs> You know, because I think actually mine's growing back. Okay, that's got that's got to be the joke of the episode, right? My joke. My joke. Agreed. <laughs> my joke. My joke. <laughs> we always pick the same jokes, don't we? <laughs> like, so not my motto had it for a while, <laughs> and then I probably considered giving it to the we'll call the couch and see what it goes to because I thought yeah. that's very clever and funny. Um, but then Virginia growing back is just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, it just won. I'm sure that joke gets used again, or if not in this show, in like a different show. I, I know that it's definitely something that's, that's in my head a lot because I'm guessing because of friends because the amount yeah. of times I've made that joke either about a friend or myself. Yeah, like it's been a while. <laughs> I think your virginity's growing back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, Ross though, being like, oh, maybe it's like a rite of passage. No, being beaten up's not a rite of passage. That's the last thing I want to ever happen. I mean, in theory, yes, but at the same time, I'm kind of like good for Ross. Like, you know, actually, I don't condone violence and the perfect world, it wouldn't be the answer, but we don't live in a perfect world. So... You know, I kind of get Ross not wanting to be... I mean, they don't really go into it in this episode. But obviously, Ross has been picked on before. And, you know, as he said previously in the episode, like, it, it, this doesn't happen to adults. This isn't how adult society is supposed to work. Like, he's, he doesn't want rescuing. He wants to stand up for himself. His pride's been hurt. And, you know, that, in theory, could get you killed. But I kind of get where he's coming from emotionally, if not, if not logically. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, it's fine so far. I'm sitting... I wouldn't move in the first place, to be fair. Yeah. And you wouldn't be leaving with my hat. No, I would be grabbing that back off you. No, well, that's nice, but now I'm between you and the door. So if you would yeah. like to get out, because the thing is, like I said earlier, it's, it's all about perception. If I'm stood in front of that door and saying, you try and leave that, I'm going to knock you out. It doesn't matter if I could actually knock him out or not. Like if it's Mike Tyson, I'm not going to say that. No. He, I'll buy him an extra hat. But you know <laughs> what I mean? When there's, when there's not a gulf of difference between the sizes, you got to play well, your bets. Yeah, well, and, your bets. and certainly if you're in Central Perk and you're making a scene, and this this also actually works quite well um, if someone's actually injured or there's something that's gone on or even if you see a mugging happening right and you're like well I can't actually help in this situation it's actually to get the crowd to help you so people are generally sheeps but they will listen to authority so if you let's say you saw a woman being attacked and you're like well there's two guys and me I can't can't help her really all you do is point at like a big person be like you there you need to help them and as soon as you do that, people generally actually listen 
So the same way, like if someone's injured on the floor, if you point to people and be like, you, can you call an ambulance? You, can you come in and help me do this? They will stop staring and just kind of being in shock and they will actually do as you say. So if the guy's in Central Perk and, you know, a fight's breaking out, all they have to be like is like, hey, can someone like help us? Like, and I bet a lot of people would, you know, jump in. Probably. I mean, I've probably told this story before, but I once stopped someone getting mugged and then was assaulted. Um, and then when the police came to investigate, I was told that if they arrest the person who assaulted me, they have to arrest me for hitting them back because that's assault. And I was like, no, self-defense, man. And they were like, nope, he ran off after we hit you and you didn't fall over. And you chased him around a car to punch him back. So he assaulted you. Then the situation disengaged and the assault ended. And then you chased him and assaulted him. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like, what do you expect a person to do when they've just been punched in the face? Just go, oh, that wasn't very nice, mister. Like, no. And they were like, we get it, but there's no point in us carrying this forward unless you want to end up in court. And I was like, oh, and leave then, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm from Smalley. If I didn't want to call the police in the first place, but my ex at the time did. Um, yeah, but British laws can be weird about self-defence, whereas American laws are like, <laughs> no, you, the, the person defending themselves has all the rights. I mean, there's a guy in Texas who, who used stand-your-ground laws to leave his house and shoot the people that were robbing his neighbour's house in the back. And he was given a parade. <laughs> it's like, that's not happening in England. No, definitely not. Um, but Rachel's about to get home, and she finds Monica waiting for her, desperate to borrow $100, because she needs to get back in the game, Mark. Well, yeah, she's lost all her money on the stock market. Like, easy come, easy go. I mean, it's just, I guess, but Rachel doesn't have that money to lend her, and Monica has a stock addiction, and desperately doesn't want to wear flame-retardant boobs at that restaurant. Well, fair right, but I, yeah, you can't, Make your money on the stock market of $127, as we've already described. And, you know, some people do become like daytime investors and stuff like that. And generally, it's a case of, you know, a lot of skill and time and investment and figuring stuff out. Or I used to know people who used to go on the gambling sites and they used to have these offers on where basically like, if you put in £10, we'll give you £100. Or you're guaranteed to win with, with these 23 spins and they would do all these offers. And because the offers were so generous, like you could basically play the system to earn money just doing offers and just okay. going through all the sites. And then a law came around about gambling and, you know, that all basically disappeared. Uh, but yeah, there are people that, that do day trading as their, their job. And they're the same type of people that do lose a lot of money. Like some days they go, well, I lost 20 grand today. And me or you losing 20 grand in an instant would freak out. Yeah, but like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but I mean, she's going to the wrong person, to be fair. Yes. Like, where does she think Rachel's got this $100 from yep. nowhere? Um, but Phoebe has stepped up and is taking the yuppie piece of crap home. Hi. Schnoodle! Oh my God, what the hell happened to my dog? an accident and and you know the woman who did this would never ever hurt a dog on purpose she's a vegetarian what are these stitches yeah eight of them and that's 56 to him <laughs> you know also if if it's raining you can't let him look up too long because that cone will fill up really really fast yeah, well, thanks for bringing back what's left of him sure um, is is frank home how do you know frank just from a from a long time ago is he here yeah. Frank? Yeah. What? Oh, okay. Um, I mean Frank Sr. He went out for groceries. Okay, so will he be back soon? Well, he left four years ago, so we're expecting him back any minute now. <laughs> I, 
I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm sorry about the dog, everything. I'm sorry. Hey, lady. Hey, wait up. How do you know my dad? Um, well, I don't really. Just genetically. <laughs> He's kind of my dad, too. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did he ever talk about me, Phoebe? Nah, but he didn't really talk about anything. Oh. Except stilts. Stilts? Yeah, he loves stilts. There's one time I was upstairs, I was stealing cigarettes out of my mom's purse. And uh, all of a sudden I look over and there's my dad's head bobbing past the window. <laughs> he just had this big smile on his face and he was waving because he was always happiest when he was on his stilts. Uh. Yeah. That was a long clip. It was a long clip. But it just, I mean, even when I cut it there, I could have let it run for another, like, 15, 20 seconds. Well, we, could, we could just record every episode and, and just upload that. I think that would be yeah, this fine, is right? Definitely an episode with, with long clips, I guess. Um, but it's just it's nice to see Phoebe. You know, she went there to find a connection with her dad. And while she didn't find that, she kind of started on with her, you know, half-brother. So that's quite cute. I do like the idea of the cone of shame, though. Yeah, <laughs> filling up with water. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, so she didn't get to meet her dad, and this is probably something I'm going to discuss uh, next episode about how the creators, I guess, write characters who don't exist, and then when they do exist, they don't actually match what they created beforehand. Um, and certainly, like with Phoebe's dad, you know, everything that's been said here, when we do actually meet him, I don't. I don't see it. It doesn't gel together. No. Yeah, I don't imagine Frank with a senior on stilts. No. And, and obviously Frank Jr. we've already met before as he uh, ran past Phoebe when she was busking outside Central Park. Accidentally donated his condom. Yeah. No, uh, we don't know if that is Frank. No, so as we discussed at the time, like I don't like it because it's reusing like a, a an actor, mm-hmm. potentially in the same role, but it's it, it's still weird, right? And you know, we discussed at the time. And he was like, "No, it could have, it could have happened." Like, yeah, it could have. But I, Friends does this a lot, and they do it in Joey as well, where they reuse actors that you've seen somewhere else, and then suddenly they become a major character. And and at this point in time, I don't really like Frank. He's very weird. He is weird. Uh, like, like there's there's a lot of weirdness later on. You know, when he gets married and has the kids and stuff like that, and you could almost say, "Oh, he grew up." But at this point, you know. He's into like starting fires and and stuff like that. It, it's just a bit. He's a bit know. of an odd kid. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Um, in this instance, I don't mind the reusing the actor because it's not a, his previous part wasn't big enough or established enough for me to be like, oh, this is like world breaking. He no. was just kid runs past, picks up condom, goes. It, if you told me, I mean, bear in mind I'm a big comic book nerd, so I'm used to retcons. But if you had told me, oh, that was Frank. And he was on his way to meet, you know. To- you, you would love it. It's like, oh, you know, we got to see him. You're like, oh, his first appearance is really this episode. <laughs> ah, you know, because I'm like, cool. It's not, it's not that egregious, to be fair. Whereas, you know, the actress who plays Estelle also being a midwife is like, oh, that, <laughs> yeah. that's a bit weird. What she, you know, like, I get that part. But in the instance of Frank, it doesn't bug me. One thing that did bug me was he offers to show Phoebe where their dad hit his head under rain guttering. And I'm like, American worst of things are so stupid. 
It's just... just a, a, <laughs> well, that's a hot take for all our American listeners. Well, no, it's true. It's the way they use language. It's, there's a British comedian called Michael McIntyre who has a whole skit about this where he says that American English call the bin the bin. Americans call it a waste paper basket and they have glasses and they have eyeglasses and we call it horse riding and they call it horse back riding and this is like weird instructions extra information in the phrase and it's like it's rain guttering it's like well what if snow falls in it is it still allowed to go in there <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we discussed this previously like how you know Australians shorten every single word mm-hmm, they do and yeah Americans have to expand upon it and add in extra letters and vowels that don't exist. Or take U's out for or some reason. Or you'll take them away, don't yeah. Don't like U's, yep. Uh, same with like Jaguar in our previous episode and yep. Jaguar. But it just, most of the time they just hit my ear wrong because obviously we're English. Um, well, it's, it's not the pavement, it's the sidewalk because you walk on the side of the road. Right. It, it's not the, uh, you know. It's like, it's like pants and trousers and it's just like pants me and underwear. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I get it. And I guess it's one of those things where because, I mean, obviously we're making a podcast about an American TV show and a lot of the media shown around the world is American. So like nearly everyone, you know, is, is I guess fluent in, you know, British English and American English. And then I say if English isn't your first language, you more than likely know American English and would have no idea what. Yeah. If you're from, you know, I don't know, Brazil, for instance, you might be like, oh, I've seen friends lots and they're definitely pants that you're wearing. I'd be like, no, mate, they're trousers. You might be like, what the hell is a trouser? Oh, cer- certainly you experience that in uh, Europe and especially uh, the Netherlands where they watch a lot of American TV, so they pick up all the American words. And when they're speaking English, they have American accents. Yeah, and it's like, oh, how strange. Yeah. Like You're closer to us, but sound like them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Ross and Chandler are at Central Park and they're impatiently awaiting their coffee. It arrives. They each take one sip, scald their tongues. They've proved their point. They're not scared of the bullies. They win. And then they flee out of the door, only to bump into exactly who they didn't want to see. Before we play the clip, though, like, are the bullies just always around when they're around? Because they're at Central Park a lot, right? I mean, like, so it's, yeah, it's a bit weird how they're like, oh, the bullies are going to be here now. Because, like, I've never seen them before. Nothing matters. I just assumed that the bullies had like recently moved office there and they worked together and their office had moved and that's why they were going to Central Park. That's fair. Don't know why I gave them a backstory in my head, but <laughs> I did. All these big bullies. Oh, look who's here. It's the weenies. Did we not make ourselves clear the other day? Yes, and that's why we're here. Yes, we're standing our ground. Apparently. <laughs> Let's do this, all right. Uh, whoa, whoa, what do you got there, a weapon? It's a nice watch. I don't want to break it on your ribs. Uh, all right, let's do this. All right. <clears throat> Question. If I don't care about my watch, can I use it as a weapon? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's sharp, it's metal. I think I can do some, you know, serious damage with it. <laughs> no, you can't use your watch. Okay. Or your keys. Okay. Look, here's what we'll do. We'll put all keys and watches in the hat over there. All right? All right, come on, man. Let's do it. Before I forget, are we hitting faces? Of course we're hitting faces. Why wouldn't you hit faces? Well, because I have to work on Monday. I have a big presentation. Actually, you know, uh, I got to show this apartment tomorrow, and, uh, you know, this no faces thing might not be a bad idea. Okay? Nothing from the neck up. All right. Or the waist down. Dana's ovulating. Oh, really? You guys trying again? Yeah. 
Alright, so let me just get this straight. So we're uh, strictly talking about the middle. Come on! Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, you want some of this, huh? You want a piece of this, huh? You standing here, huh? Hey, hey, those guys are taking our stuff! That was that was amazing. That was incredible. You guys, you guys kicked butt. Us? What about you guys? Man, you really bing gave it to old Mr. Clean back there. He was a big guy. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> well, I wouldn't know, having missed everything. Oh, don't do that to yourself. Any one of us could have tripped over that little girl's jump rope. <laughs> so, listen, guys, are we uh, are we okay here? We're okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so can I have my hat back? <laughs> no. <laughs> huh. There's a lot to take out of that clip. There it's is. quite long. Uh, so, yeah, let's start at the beginning with them, you know, all trying to fight. Like, yeah, how, how do you even begin a fight? Like, normally it's just... A, a confrontation and then just a swing happens but yeah when you're like let's take it outside like well yeah they're right how, how do we start this it's a very old-fashioned thing to do like i remember my granddad telling me that when he was you know in his late teens early 20s something would happen there'd be an occasion in a pub and they would decide to go outside to fight and then the two gents would go outside and their friends would stand around and you'd punch each other and the first person to fall down lost you'd help them up shake their hands the winner would buy the loser a point that was the end of the argument Okay, I kind of like that in a weird way. And I'm like, that sounds so civilized, even though people are pummeling each yeah. other. But that's and then it's, 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 it's almost like a duel, isn't it? Where like you know, I slapped you in my glove. Where where are we dueling? Yeah, but apparently that's how it happened. And then he said when he got to like his late twenties, people got like, the sight went weird, and they'd have like chains around their fists, or they'd bring like flick knives and okay. stuff. And it was just it just like, okay, that's weird, and it's kind of gone the way the world is now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of weirdly nostalgic for that, even though I didn't experience it. I'm like, yes, I wouldn't mind that if we had an issue in a pub, I'd go outside and throw Where, it. Where's a fair fight? Yeah, rather than oh, I've been stabbed in the spleen, but I'm going to get a pint out of yeah, it. Yeah, just like just no. Um, but that's quite cool. But then they do go for a little bargaining thing. Of, well, let's not hit each other in the face, and you can't use watches as a weapon. And well, yeah, Chandler goes like, I could use my watch. It's quite sharp. I'm like, how are you punching? Are you just bending your arm at the the end to use the what? Like, or you're going to take it off and use it as like a, a small whip? Like a knuckle duster. Or something. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's it's that's kind of weird, but. What he needs now is the best buds bracelet. <laughs> oh, he just needs to like throw that at the boom. One swing and they're gone. But yeah, like it's it's true though. Like you know, they're you know, Ross is like, oh, I don't want to be hit in the face because I'm gonna have to go to work tomorrow, and they're gonna like think I'm a ruffian. Like I can't do that. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And then we get the bit where it's like, oh, no, kicking in the groin because we're trying. I always hate it when people are like that because it's like, oh, really? Like like his friend's really happy for me. It's like it's just just telling you he's having sex. Like it's it's always a weird phrase he's to not, me. He's not telling you everything. He's telling you he's trying to start a family, and that's cute. I know, but what he really means is he's having sex. But I assume you'd assume that anyway. Yeah, but it's yeah, that, but that's what it makes it funny to me is when someone's like, "Oh, we're trying." And it's like, "Oh, congratulations." Does this mean if I don't congratulate you when you go to see your girlfriend, do I? But if I so if this means when I if I am ever trying to start a family, I have to like when I have to like lead up to it for like two months by telling you every time I have sex they're like, you'll be like Mark this is a different time now we're trying to have a family <laughs> yeah. and then you can be like oh this, 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 you, this you, is a loving version <laughs> no no yeah I, I always find that weird but uh, again yes no one wants to be kicked down there nope and it becomes quite funny because they're like okay so we're talking this small tiny area between the neck and above the groin yep. which is you know the kind of 
flabby area, I guess, where it probably doesn't hurt that much. Well, what I was thinking was, surely you'd go below the throat, because getting punched in the throat's horrible. Yes. And really dangerous. Yeah. So, but I quite like it, because it does show you how, as a... As grown-ups that are civilised responsibilities, it does push this kind of like weird macho aggression to the, like the ludicrous degree it would exist in. Well, I, I guess if this was filmed later on, we probably would have had like the weird hand slapping where people get up close and do the thing where they just like hit their hands against each <laughs> yeah, other but with their faces pulled away. And I think that would have been the joke if this had been filmed later on. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we then hear someone, especially it's, a, it's kind of missed somewhat in the clip because you can't see, but... All their watches and keys, they put in a hat on a newspaper stand. And then two ruffians run past and nick their stuff and run down the street. And then all four of the guys chase after them. And then we hear them get back into Central Park. Turns out Chandler fell over a skipping rope. Well, I do like the way the ruffians were made to look super rough by being skinheads. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like <laughs> they chase them down, get their goodies back. Which is it's weird. You know, they, they found a con- common enemy and bonded over that. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people... If they just, you know, in these sort of situations or you're not getting on, even racist, you could say in some ways, like if you actually spoke to someone for half an hour, you'd be like, actually, we share a lot of common interests. Like, why do, why did I not like you? Yeah. Why did I want to do this? Actually, you know, in in a different world, we would have got on brilliantly sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember his name, but there's a, there's an American black guy and he just started talking to KKK members yes, and just chat to yeah. them and then like one of them was like a, a wizard level I don't know whatever stupid rankings those idiots have um, but he basically like left the clan after that and was like oh no I realise like we're sitting here having a beer having a conversation we're, like, we're just people and it's all this kind of like I guess propaganda type yeah. nonsense that's spewed into them as kids that kind of pushes them that way but yeah, I, I, I did like the way that, you know, they're bonding over it and going, oh, you know, you did, you did a cool thing there, Ross, oh, and you had a cool move too. That was great. And Chandler tripped over a girl's skipping rope. Of course he did. That's Chandler, you <laughs> think he could have done. Like, what? The only way I can imagine that happening is if it was like three girls, like, you know, one either side of skipping rope and one jumping, and he's yeah. like, tried to leap it and missed. Because otherwise, how are you getting close to that girl with a single skipping rope? I, no, it, <laughs> must, have, yeah, it must have been like the proper game of jump rope yeah. across the whole street and he's failed his jump. You know, failed his agility roll, hit his face on the floor. Although, in the next episode, he does learn how to jump better, which I will discuss then. Um, but even though they're all bros now and chilling in Central Park and they're good after us asks, Chandler still can't have his hat back. No. And it, again, sometimes I'm like, why aren't we doing video? Because then we get sued. But yeah. <laughs> like, the weird kerfuffle sound you hear at the end is Chandler jumping up, grabbing his hat and trying to run away. And again, he falls over his own feet and just clatters into the floor. Yeah, which is funny. Which, and then we get the episode ends, basically, before the, the post-credit tease, whatever you call it in American yeah. television. It, there wouldn't be anything anymore. There'd be credits and then a new program. Yeah. Um, but the little post-credit sting, that's what we'll call it. That sounds like an officially sounding name. Okay. Uh, the gang are at a new restaurant, and we've not seen it before. Uh, it's Monica's new workplace, and they get her attention, and she's mortified. She's in full costume, plastic boobs and all. So, so it's a 50s-themed diner that she's at. She is, yeah. uh, I'm going to go over this a lot more in the next episode. Okay. Because um, there's a lot more details to it. But yeah, so she's all 50s-themed. Imagine that. So very blonde hair. Yep. Uh, very busty. Big bosoms, yep. And it, it looks kind of like when you say, you know, I guess American diner, it's what your brain kind of automatically pictures, I imagine. Yeah, as soon as you say that, I bet you're imagining red and white. Yep. Lots of metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, round seats. At the yep. counter, uh, cakes in a little display. Yeah, like totally Archie Comics vibes going on. Or, or Back to the Future too. Yep. 
Um, but then Chandler puts YMCA on the jukebox and Monica is forced, along with all of her workmates, to dance on the bar. So yeah, they have like a, a little box on the table where you can put money into to basically make them dance, I guess. I guess, yes, like a, just a jukebox. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's a jukebox. It looks like it's specifically for this. Like normally, I guess at a restaurant, you might have like the birthday thing where at TGI Fridays, for example, if it's your birthday, you know, they will come out with the cake or whatever. And then all the stuff have to stop what they're doing to dance. No, I've been to restaurants or like bars, morally, morally sports bars, where there'll be like individual radios or TVs in a booth yeah. and you can put it onto whatever you want. So like, we could have the hockey on and next I've got the football on okay, and they've yeah. got the baseball on or whatever. Um, so I, I think it, it can be used as just that booth. But um, in this instance, it's the whole restaurant. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Mark. I would 100% go to this place. Yep. Especially if I knew someone who worked there. Like, if I find out that... <laughs> oh, I would be there with, with my daughters <laughs> every second. <laughs> Ka-ching! <laughs> no, I'd need to win Big on the Stock Market just to fund you dancing on the bar all <laughs> yeah. day. Um, the closest I've gotten to this is Ellen's Stardust Diner in Manhattan. You've heard of it? No. It's on... I don't know how Americans pronounce their name, but it's on 605th Broadway, basically. Uh, it's essentially a... Diner slash, well, it's more of a diner, I guess, than a cafe, um, where Broadway hopefuls work and they will sing songs while you eat, basically. Okay. Um, it's not hugely expensive, although there's a tip bucket that's carried around your end of performance. Of course. And you're expected to tip, which is a separate tip from tipping for your bill. That's another tip. So it does wind up being expensive. So it's not cheap, but the food itself isn't expensive. Um, decent food when I went there. I had a breakfast. Um, there was what there's four of us. One of our friends decided he didn't want to experience Ellen's Stardust Diner and just skipped and went to the gym. I think, but the rest of us shoved bacon in our face while people sang. It was great. It was very very cool. Um, I don't know if it's the kind of thing you'd go to on a regular basis, um, but you know, in the time the what forty minutes we were there, two or three songs were sung. The cast were were talented. Um, the only cringy bit was when they explained why the tip bucket exists and how expensive acting lessons are or singer lessons are yeah. and then it felt more like I was being grifted than just donating money just because I was enjoying the song they were singing yeah it, it suddenly goes from this is a nice fun restaurant to oh this is a way just to get money out of people in a sense like and a, a lot of American stuff can, can be like that um, especially like the I guess like maybe the big theme parks like Disney where like you feel like you're part of a show and then all of a sudden it changes and you're like oh I'm not part of a show that was just the thing to get money out of me now yeah um, th- there is another place that's actually worth visiting which is a Marie's Crisis Cafe um, which is a it's basically a bar that does like piano battles oh, okay um, it is a very gay bar um, but it's meant to be like absolutely fantastic, a lot of fun. There's a lot of show tunes and stuff like that there. Sign me up. Uh, very loud, very brash. Um, so if you're into like that kind of vibe, I guess, um, yeah, that's a place to, to definitely go to. Is that in New York? That is, yes. That's that's. Um, next time I go watch the Devils play, beat the Rangers. If, if, you, if you want an address, it's on uh, Grove Street, which is also related to Friends. 59 Grove Street in Manhattan. Right, that's where I'm going next uh, time. Sold. But but you're right though. If if one of our friends was uh, at one of these places, and you would definitely be like, "Oh, how, how's your day been while you're there?" And they'd be like, "Oh, I'm not having a great day." So you'd be like, "Let's put on the song again." <laughs> I would probably buy a disguise because if I was to sneak into the, <laughs> oh, I'm not Ryan in my moustache, and they were like, "Oh God, Ryan's here. I'm going to my break," and they disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "I need a hat and some shades and a well, I've got a moustache, so I don't know what I'd have, like a bald cap for my chin, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so I can sit down and wait for them." I'm like, and Go. Yeah. 
probably, I'd probably do, I'd be like the last moment of their shift. Like they finish in five minutes. Like, well, you're going to dance one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be funny until it wasn't. I don't know when it would stop being funny, to be fair. Yeah. Probably after a week, maybe. I think I got seven <laughs> days of forcing my friend to dance. It, it depends how much money I had, right? Yeah. We chip in. We start a fund. Yeah. <laughs> To our Patreon money would go. It would just be, I want to make Mark dance on a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Please subscribe to the Patreon. Oh, oh, yeah, I think you'd be spending a lot of money if it was me dancing on a bar, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a strong it's, finish. It's, it's a fun episode, right? It's it's very funny. Uh, laughs throughout. The, the bully stuff is weird and out there and has a lot of screen time, but for some reason it just works. Yeah, it's, at no point are you annoyed by... Because sometimes you'll have many plot threads going for the episode. And normally when there are multiple, or three in this case, one of them is like, oh, that's the weak point. Yes. But no part of this episode feels weak. The, the bully stuff's interested in engaging. Phoebe and her dad stuff's naturally interesting. Monica's entertaining. Well, yeah, and it, it really leads into the next episode for sure. Yep, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's just good. It's a solid episode. And when I when I saw on the, the list that it was mine to, to lead, I was like, yes! Because <laughs> I love this episode. It's just great. It's just... And it, weirdly, we didn't go too deep into things re- other than the stock market, I guess. Because um, then we have analysed stuff. This way, we didn't go too much into it. No, I, I think it depends on the episode. When it's a, a joke-heavy episode, we just enjoying it. Yeah. If it's a more serious episode and there's less jokes, then that's probably when we get into it a bit deeper. True. Um, maybe because like the the humor isn't there, so there's there's not much to enjoy. So we discuss like the other bits of it more. Yeah. But no, like yeah, I I don't normally we have more to say at the end, but yeah, it's just a fun episode. Yeah, it was great. Just just yeah, the next one's also good. Yeah. I mean, like like as you said earlier on, it's getting to the point now where not that there aren't necessarily bad episodes of Friends, but it's it's about to hit a role where it's just hit after hit after hit. Yeah. So, really looking forward to the next. It's going to be good times. Oh, that's our episode then, isn't it? It is. That's that's the end of your end of a show. Thanks for joining us as always. You can find us at all our socials. That totally remembered this time. It's like fifty episodes now. Like it, it almost feels like a bit at this point when it's not. It's, it's like almost fifty episodes, maybe more. I, I I can't count. Watchingfriends.com, where you can use the contact form. Watch Friends Pod. But but why would they want to do that? To talk to us and. See, work it if this is a bit. Is this really just the bit we do where I pretend not to know? Or do yeah, I no, know? You, you, you can write to us and we read out your letters, Yeah, which is always fun. We like to interact with you guys and girls. You do. And you've got Watch Friends Pods on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, you can tweet us. And I'm sure I'll see it because all that social media we now do. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to do more of that. We, we, we need to really, like, be in there. Because we have had a, another review on the iTunes. Nice. Uh, nice five-star review. So, yeah, if you're going to leave us a review, five stars or nothing, right? Actually, no, not nothing. nothing just, yeah, just, five, just five stars. Just five stars. Um, yeah, just, just saying they're, they're great to have found like a, another fantastic, well, they're great to, they're happy to have found a fantastic Friends podcast. We've had that compliment quite a lot. Like people have gone, well, I found some Friends podcasts and, you know, for whatever reason, it's not kind of what they want, but they listen to us. And for some reason, I don't know why, uh, they, they really enjoy what we do. So that's always like a great, Positive yeah, nice to hear. I don't, I don't question it. I'm just like, if that's what they think, I'm going to enjoy it. Because I, I did look at some of the other Friends podcasts out there and just to see what feedback they got, because we're currently at 4.4 on iTunes. i like it to be a bit higher. Five. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd, be, that'd be absolutely lovely, right? Um, and yeah, so I, I looked at some others to see their reviews and stuff like that. And I think a lot of the Friends stuff kind of ends. 
So the, there has been quite a few bigger podcasts out there and they haven't done an episode in months. So like they ended in like 2021, just like halfway through doing Friends. That's strange. And some of them had been going for a short time. Some of them had been going for, for quite a few years. And I'm just guessing, you know, things, life got in the way, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. They took Friends off Netflix America and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, they, they, they couldn't access their resources anymore. So I had to stop, right? Uh, but yeah, so and looking at their feedback scores are, are generally kind of similar. And uh, it's nice to see like the the negative ones as well to see what we do wrong and what they've done wrong. Like there was one podcast where people didn't like how they would look at the plot holes uh, okay. in episodes. And we tend to skip over that because, you know, it, it's just a, a comedy show to us rather than in depth. But we do mention things a bit odd at times. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's how you do it. So if there's like, something that seems a bit incongruous or something and you're like, that's odd, we'll mention it. But we don't like pillory the episode. We're not like, oh, my God, this is terrible. How dare yeah. this slip through? It's like, well, it happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, not, not every episode of TV is going to be perfect. Um, like well, the, well, you, you can't figure it out right in, in 94 what's going to happen 10 years later to yeah. make sure it all gels perfectly because there's going to be things that have to change to make things work. Yeah, the, the big one is obviously the age of the characters and yeah. how many birthdays they have and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it is a comedy show. So while we can have a bit of fun and, you know, laugh a little bit and chuckle about some of the mistakes or kind of errors that come up over the years, fundamentally you watch the show because you enjoy it and we're here making the show because we love friends we're not here to rag on it no because no, there's certainly a lot of issues i guess you could point out throughout the show in terms of plot holes or characters or storylines or whatever and ultimately it doesn't matter if i had a fun time watching it i don't care if there's a bit of weirdness like you know ben disappearing is a massive plot hole in a lot of ways you can you can you know ignore it by being like oh well you know they just didn't film those episodes where ross sees ben right yeah. or you can have a weird fan theory that you know ross lost ben <laughs> to social services See, that's one of the things i really like about the friends fandom as a whole is that we've all seen the show so many times and that someone wants to do well maybe he lost custody yeah. what happened where'd they go and it's like it's interesting to think about it's entertaining to come yeah. up with these wild ideas as opposed to just criticizing the show or you can just be like oh i totally forgot that ben wasn't there like i remember he's been in the show i enjoyed ben in the show and then when he's not same with like marcel like just kind of don't realize they're not there because i'm enjoying everything else going on well i guess you only really notice that ben's not there in the kind of the wider meta sense if we haven't seen ben for a while but yeah. as he's not really a character don't really miss him because no. he's, he's not a good poor like you know he's not like he's hanging out every episode with the gang and become a staple character no it's, it's not like i can't remember what show it was but there's one show where the character walks upstairs being told off goes to their bedroom and he's never ever seen again <laughs> and they were like a ma major character time um but yeah so it's interesting to see so yeah you can leave us a, a nice review a nice five-star review and i think the most important thing and you probably should have said it first is our patreon it is important. Do, do you know where, where that is? It's on Patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Oh, it's, it's like so the, obvious. Oh, the URL. Yes. I thought you meant you know where our Patreon is. <laughs> no. I was like, yes, Mark, you just said the name of yeah, the website. Yeah. I didn't think you meant what's the actual yeah, URL. Yeah, because how are they going to find it? I thought, yeah, it's, you can't just, just say it. Say, yeah, a joke yeah, moment. Yeah, go, go and find us on Patreon, guys. <laughs> What else would we have called the Patreon? They're going to be patreon.com forward slash give Ryan and Mark all your money right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's obviously going to be watching friends. Yeah, but no, you 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 have to be honest. It's the same with YouTubers, isn't it? You can't just be like, hey, if you like the show, you know, make sure you subscribe. You have to be like, no, no, the big subscribe button with the bell next to it, you have to push it with the little icon 
You know, you have to, you know, lead a horse to water and all that. No, you lead the horse. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand around and comment. On yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please do join us on Patreon. I, I'm not too sure when this episode's going out, but it's around our first birthday. Mm-hmm. So if you've been enjoying us for a year or, you know, you've got a year's worth of content to go back for at the very least, uh, you know, chuck a couple of quid our way, a couple of bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, you can join us at the one pound slash one dollar tier. Um, you know, just, just say, show your thanks. We really appreciate it because we do this all for free. We do have costs like podcast hosting and our time as well in, you know, having to get the clips and be here and record and stuff. I had to buy Joey on DVD. Yep. Yep. So, so, you know, we need at least 15 of you to be able to fund that, right? Um, or you can join us for like the, the five pound and up tiers where you get ad free versions of this show and you get extra bonus content just for us to say, thank you for supporting us. Um, you know, we would really appreciate it if you could join us, even if it's just for one month, uh, every little helps us do this free podcast for you. It does. And you get to show your gratitude as well. We'd very much appreciate it. Um, but you know, if you can't afford that, you can always just write us a letter. Tell us how great we are. We do like being told that. Yeah. It is fun. Le- leave the reviews, as we said. Um, otherwise, I think that's everything, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Where yeah. else can we find you, Mark? Uh, you can find me, as I said earlier, at fuzzballs.co, where you can spend loads of money with me. Ryan doesn't get to see a penny of that. So, I don't know. Do, do I want people to go there first or to the Patreon? Do both. Uh, I draw cute animals, uh, like kawaii Japanese style, uh, that are very funny doing comics. And I put them on T-shirts and mugs and stickers and all sorts of things. So you can go and help support me there and check out my work there. You should. It's great. And what about you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at GameHype.co.uk for all your nerdy shenanigans and also on the Hype from Outer Heaven podcast. Well, yeah, you somehow have even more tangents. I don't know how you manage it, but they're there. There's less scope. Like <laughs> when we run Frotting Friends, there's lots. we've got the, the border of the episode and we've got the show notes. Whereas when we just talk about nerdy stuff my brain's free to jump off to different tracks and go wherever it feels like so, it. so yeah I, I feel like if you're listening to us you might enjoy buffy and other shows like that and if you want to hear more of ryan's talk there that's what you need we should to hear totally yeah. do a buffy podcast after i think that's gonna happen at some point right or, or just leave yeah. me in a room with a microphone long enough and i'm bound to bring it up is it like a thousand monkeys on typewriters will write shakespeare ryan in a room left alone will tell you about every single episode of buffy it wouldn't surprise me if a day doesn't go by if a day goes by where i haven't at least somewhat quoted buffy at some point okay well i was at work the other day and someone mentioned monkeys and i went i'm mucky with my monkey pants and no one understood what i was talking about <laughs> and i was like you all suck i was like and you you had so many friends monkey related jokes you had the monkey penis jokes you could have gone with no, it's got to be monkey with my monkey pants. Okay. It's like the, the go-to monkey quote. That's fair. Yeah. Five by five. <laughs> most, <laughs> most people won't get there, so I no. think we should, we should leave it there. Uh, so that's goodbye from me. Cheerio.